0: Hey, we're in a series of lessons on, on Sundays called Sunday School. If you've been with us, here's kind of like the parameters of where we've been. I, I've been in church all my life, uh, raised in Sunday School, vacation Bible School like some of y'all and uh, there are several big Old Testament Bible stories that were taught and, and heard about and known about. You know, the, the, the instructors, the teachers taught us, all the Sunday school teachers, year after year after year, really drilling down in the reality of God's faithfulness, His goodness, His generosity, His salvation. And, and so we've been, we talked about Moses in the Red Sea a couple weeks ago, you, you know, and, and today we're going to talk about another one that... Um, uh, uh, the secularists and the humanists would kind of look at it and go, that's just make-believe, that's just a myth, but the scripture, I believe, is just real true. It's in the the Word of God, and and we've got people that were there, uh, people that their testimony was there, and so I just believe when we read the scripture, it is exactly as it says it is. And so today, we're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and some of y'all, you know, I was talking to Pastor Art, you know, our worship leader, and, and, and he said this. He said, you know, do you know their real names? And I went, well, you know, don't, don't be quizzing me on that, because all my life it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And really, those names, uh, as he brought out to me we were talking, those are the names that, that were given to them when they were in captivity. But their actual names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So if you go to heaven and say, hey, Shadrach, they go, don't call me by that. Call me by my real name, brother. Just, just, just so you know. The backstory for this is that they were taken captive. The Babylonians had come into Israel and taken Israel captive, and then led the people back into Babylon. And it was a process. God said this was going to happen. They were going to be in captivity for seventy years, and then God was going to set them free by a mighty deliverance. It happened exactly as God said. These boys that we're talking about were young men. They, they believed that they were teenagers. The scripture says that these guys, listen, they weren't just off the street, pardon me. They weren't just rolling up, you know, out of bed with with their hair all jacked up. The scripture says that these guys were talented and gifted in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. They carried themselves well. In other words, when they brought them captive, uh, uh, the, the Babylonians would watch how the Hebrews came, how they walked, how they conducted themselves, how they talked, and they would then select the top tier. So listen to me. Somebody is always watching you. Your boss is watching you. And not only that, God's watching you. And so they were then taken, uh, and then uh, we're going to find out that they were brought aside, and they were given some preferential treatment. We'll talk about that today. So, so today we're going to be talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What we've been doing for the last several weeks, and we'll do a couple more after these uh, in this, this series of lessons, We've had really a key part and really a thought for us to just take these stories and wrap our head around with it, if you will. And here is really the lesson, is that we're going to talk about the power of godly convictions. That's what we're going to talk about today. The power of godly convictions. We're going to look at two instances, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But every week, I've been giving you a homework assignment. How, how many of y'all have been reading the Bible during the week? Come on, that's pretty, come on, that's about, I do about 20%, pretty good. Come on, somebody, read the Bible. We're going to give you a homework assignment this week is to read Daniel chapter 1 through 3. Daniel chapter 1 through 3. Three chapters. You could read it tonight. You could read it every single day for the next seven days. And listen to me, that would be pr- probably be pretty good for some of y'all to do that. Because next week, we're actually going to be talking about this guy called Daniel. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were connected with Daniel. He was, he, what was going on in Daniel's life was going on in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life as well. They were Hebrews taken captive into Babylon. And they were selected, they're going to be selected for their astuteness, their knowledge, their, the way they carried themselves. And God's really hand on their life, we can actually see. As we talk about this word conviction, and, and that's going to be our key thought Again, for the time that I have with you this morning. Conviction, the definition is this it means a strong persuasion, a firm and seriously held belief. So, you and I need to be people, we know from Scripture that we need to be people of conviction, that we have a strong persuasion, we have a firm belief. We're not persuaded by the the things and the, the whims of the world. We're not led and persuaded by our past if it was not godly. We've got a firm and a fixed persuasion. We're serious. We've got a belief and we're serious about it. Now someone said this, that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And so there are things in our life that we have to say, if you will, this is a line in the sand. This is what I will not cross, or this is where I will not go back to. This is a line in the sand. This is who I am. This is who God's called me to be. This is what God's call is on my life. I'm convicted by it. I'm convicted that the word is true. I'm convicted. I am a man of God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And so my beliefs are going to line up with God's word. I've got a conviction of that. This is what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at two specific convictions that I can see in chapter 1 and in chapter 3. Chapter 2 is going to kind of be different for you as you read it because Daniel is going to interpret a dream from King Nebuchadnezzar. That's the entire chapter 2. We won't really talk about that this morning. We'll concentrate on chapter 1. And chapter 3, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where this is all culminating really in their lives. If you will, let's talk about this first conviction. This conviction is about what you will allow in your life. A conviction about what you will allow in your life. The plan, as these guys were brought into captivity from Egypt, from Israel into Babylon, was that the the king had set up this whole system that these boys and others were going to be going to the University of Babylon. You were going to learn the language, and you were going to learn our customs, and we were going to watch you, and we were going to educate you. We were going to reprogram you the way we think. We're going to see who stands out, and from that, they're going to be giving them power and position and prestige to then serve the king and be used by the king. Now, we're going to pay for your room, and we're going to pay for your board. Well, that was all cool except a couple of things. Here in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, notice what this says. In Daniel 1, 8, it's going to come up here, I know it is. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, his food, nor with the wine which the king drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not, notice again, defile himself. The king said, here's what we're going to do. You guys are special. We're going to take care of you. We're going to clothe you. We're going to have a nice bed. We're, we're going to feed you, and you're going to be able to eat my food. You're going to be able to eat the best of the best of the best. We're going to take care of you. So you're not going to be eating scraps. You're not going to be eating leftovers. We're going to take care of you so that we know what's going on. What we put in you is going to work in you in a good way. That's what they're thinking. Well, Daniel's got a problem. with it. not just Daniel's got a problem with it. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have got a problem with this. And here's the question then. Why wouldn't they just eat the food? It, come on! If somebody came rolling up in here and you're a teenager or you're a young adult and said, "We're going to take you to SDSU. We're going to pay for your room and board. You're going to go to Sequan every day. The next day you're going to Barona all you can eat. Come on! You're going to the Lobster Fest down here. Come on, somebody! Anybody feeling the Lord up in here? <laughs> all you can eat barbecue. Come on, kind of get a woo in the room. <laughs> But Daniel says, no, i got a problem with that. i got a problem with that. Why didn't he eat the food? There's at least three reasons, I think, that are notable that we can make mention of today. And then I'll come back to it in a moment. Thought number one. It was forbidden under Jewish dietary law in Leviticus. The Babylonians ate horse and pork. This was off limits for the Jews. It was forbidden. Come on, say the word Forbidden. The second reason why they didn't eat the food was that it may have been meat that was sacrificed to idols or false gods. So Daniel knows this. Shad, Meshach and Abednego, they're around a little bit. Come on, they're knowing what's going on. They're seeing culture, they're seeing customs. They know what's going on. Why didn't they eat their food? It might have been, and it probably strongly was already sacrificed to their false idols and false gods. And then number three, was this, was that eating the king's food represented accepting the king's friendship. Listen, in the culture there, in Mideastern culture, if you come to somebody's house, you are accepted as family. It means you're accepting them, you're welcoming them, you're part of me. And Daniel and the gang there, the boys were going, listen, if we eat this food, it's going to mean we, we all together up in here. We're buddies up in here. And we ain't buddies. We've been brought over from this foreign country here, and our convictions are a little bit different than yours. Now, let me say this. (laughs) When it comes to this food sacrifice to idols or, or, or just conviction about what you allow in your life, whatever you eat, you become. Whatever you eat, you become. What you consume consumes you and Daniel and Shadrach Meshach Abednego they didn't have a problem with their name being changed we didn't read it the the eunuch that was there in charge of them gave them these names you know that 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 we found Shadrach Meshach and Abednego didn't have a problem with that they didn't have a problem going to the training what they had a problem with what they were convicted of was that is a line we cannot cross um, back several months ago, we talked about a series of lessons called Hearing God. And the key scripture for us was from 1 Kings chapter 3 that Solomon comes to God and, and God just says to him, Hey, Solomon, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon says, as some of you will remember, Give me a God listening heart that I can discern the difference between good and evil. Give me a God-listening heart that I can know where the line is that you never want me to cross. Give me a God-listening heart that whatever you're convicted of, whatever the Word is convicted of... I am now convicted of. So Daniel says to this eunuch, and he says, give us 10 days. And I'm asking you for 10 days that we don't eat the king's delicacies. Give us vegetables. Come on, somebody. Give us some broccoli and some quinoa. Give us some asparagus. Come on, give me some carrots. Give me me some nuts. Give me some stuff like that. And just give us some water. Don't give me that wine. Come on, don't give me all that. And and at the end of 10 days, I tell you what, you look at me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and if we don't look like the way you want us to look or we look worse than the rest of those brothers, then we'll go to eating that stuff. 10 days pass, and the eunuch comes, and he looks at him, and he says, y'all look a whole lot healthier than the young men who have been eating that other food. And he says, guess what? We're not gonna make you eat that food. Listen to me. You and I have to be convicted about certain things in our lives. We'll talk about here in just a second. Not talking about food, necessarily. We're not talking about everybody being a vegetarian. That's not the point. But it's interesting. On the heels of this, the story continues in chapter 1, verse 17. Check it out. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. Now we know they were smart. We know they had it going on. But it says, and God gave Daniel this special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. You'll read about that in chapter two. Look what he says. And when the training period ordered by the kings was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them. So now the king's interviewing them. And no one impressed him as much as Daniel. Here's their their Hebrew names: Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. And whenever the king consulted them in any manner, any manner requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them to be ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom I believe this is the result the direct connection result of them having convictions in their life to say, I will not do this. This violates our Jewish history. This violates our Jewish dietary laws. This violates, I don't know if this was sacrificed to idols. I'm not going to do it. And I sure ain't buddy and buddy up here with the king. I want you to know that we are here not wanting to be here. We're going to be used as best as we can be used. But when it comes to this food stuff, we are convicted. We're drawing the line up in here. Mm. Wow. I believe this, is that God's hand, what we're going to find out, was on them publicly because of the convictions they live by privately. God's hand on them publicly because of the convictions they live by privately. Now, once again, lest you think I'm talking about vegetarian and non-vegetarian, and I'm talking about eating certain th- foods I'm not, although we do know, that y'all shouldn't be eating so much red meat. We do know we shouldn't eat too much pork. We do know a lifestyle of fresh, alive vegetables and fruit is a whole lot better for us. And if you wanna live longer, I think you should. I really think you should, but we won't get into that this morning since it might be Taco Tuesday next week. Come on, somebody. But the conviction this morning really isn't about allowing into your life what kind of food. We're really talking about what you allow to be consumed in your life, just like food. Culture, values, influence, direction, belief, the sway of the world. And everybody in the room, listen to me has been affected in the last two and a half years by all of this noise, like we heard. All of the feel, all of the movement, politically, environmentally, just uh, medicinally, religiously, relationally, where lines and things have been severed. Listen to me. The culture and the values and the influence of the world has a chance to seep into all of us. We must be people that do not consume it because if we consume it, we will become it and then it will consume us. So like Daniel, let's go back to those three possibilities with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What is forbidden in your life right now? What's God say? No, 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 we ain't eating horse and pork up in here. What, what's forbidden? What's forbidden? That, 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 little, that little guy on the side? That little girl on the side? Is that okay? That, that, that lying, that stealing, that cheating, that, that, that mental cheating to, against your spouse, is that okay? That little DM, that little slip, in, nobody knows? That, that thing you're doing when nobody's around, is, is that okay? What's forbidden that you say, I'm convicted? Here's a conviction of God, and I'm saying, no, no, no more, no more. What's of the demonic? Listen to me. Let's go talk about that. What's demonic in your life? Or potentially trying to get into your life? What are these idols and false gods that the food might have been sacrificed to? That maybe you've allowed yourself openness with the movies and thoughts and tv shows and hulu and netflix and and prime what what have you opened yourself up to just in the in the guise of entertainment that has got demonic influence in it that is now speaking to your mind and might be controlling because you have opened yourself up to consume it What's the worldly connection? What table are you sitting next to? The king wants you to eat that because he wants to have fellowship with you. What table have you set up? And the king's there. The kings of this world and are now speaking to you and me. Where are you consuming your food? Hmm. I believe this. In fact, you and I will protect our inner world. You and I can influence our outer world. Protect your inner world and you will influence your outer world it starts right there when you're alone it starts all by yourself we must be people of conviction conviction of what we consume conviction of what we admire conviction of what we long for conviction of what we desire And then all of a sudden our life is now dancing around this and we find ourselves sitting at a table consuming things that we have no business consuming and not knowing we can just push back from that table and go somewhere else. But somehow, someway, it tastes just a little bit good. (laughs) And, and, And we all know when we get a taste in our mouth of a certain food, We just want to keep eating more of it. And God says, I, I, I want you to be convicted of me and my word and my spirit and my life and the call of God on your life and not consume culture and the belief and the influence and the sway of the world. Can anybody say amen up in here? Yeah. The second conviction is a little bit different. That's chapter one. Chapter three, let's talk about it. The conviction about what you worship with your life. The conviction about what you worship with your life. Check it out. King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he's a piece of work. He's a king. So, so you know, he's got pride. He's got some arrogance. He's got, just like all, all world leaders, right? And so, when he's walking in the room, everybody's bowing down to him. Everybody's, you know, kissing the ring, if you will. Well, he's not pleased with that. And so, one day he gets this great idea. You can read it in chapter three. He says, hey, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to make an idol. We're going to make an image, and it's going to be 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Wow, pretty big. And he says, here's what's going to happen. When, when we're going to play some music. And when the music plays, everybody's got to bow down to this idol. Everybody's got to not only bow down, you've got to fall down, not just bow down. You've got to worship. What we just did up in here a minute ago, that's what the king wanted towards him. Now, and if you don't. We're just not saying you know uh, it's okay. If you don't, we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. That's what we're going to do. And and, and uh, how, how many of you already for for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and for Daniel, we got a problem with that. And we got a problem with that because we're Jewish guys. And, and we got a problem with that because we know what the Bible says. Again, I'm not asking you to be convicted so much. To be convicted for your, how you were brought up. That, that's great. The morals and the values of your family. That's cool. I'm down with that. But I want us to be convicted by what God says in His Word. Come on, let that be the ground of our life. Let that be the, sta- the, the stabilizing factor of our life. Whatever you said in your word, because my mom and dad, even though they love me, even though they taught me the word of God, they could have been wrong in a couple of things. You know what I'm saying? But the word of God is never wrong. So we're going to be convicted about what God says in his word. Come on. If we're going to clap, let's clap a little bit. So why? why? Why would they just say we got a problem with this? You erect that thing, We come on, you build that thing, we ain't going to work. Why would that be a problem? The problem is the first two of the Ten Commandments. These brothers knew it. They have been taught this their entire life. The commandment that Moses got on the mountain when he had the Ten Commandments and he came down on those tablets. The first two commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. Check it out. It's amazing. The first commandment is this. You must not have any other God but me. Commandment number one. No other God. Nobody else. It's not we're going to ask Jesus to come into our life to just give us a little something. We're going to be worshiping some other Muhammad or some Hindu God or some crystal. We're not going out into the desert chanting and we ain't doing that. God says it's me or nothing. Yeah. You got to be convicted of that. I will not share my throne with I will not share my glory with anybody else. <laughs> These brothers know this. Check out the second one. You must not make for yourself an idol or any kind of image of anything. That's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea. Wow. You must not bow down to them. That's a conviction. (laughs) That's that's the line. I'm not, I got one God. (laughs) I'm not worshiping any other God. And I ain't bowing down to whoever. I'm not going to worship them. God says, I ain't your God. I'm a jealous God. Come on, somebody. He will not tolerate your affection for other gods. I will not tolerate it. I will not tolerate it. I will not tolerate another woman in my house. Kimberly, not tolerate another man in the house. Not tolerate it. Your affection has to be solely completely undivided toward me. Man. Um, The king king was going to be hearing about what was going on now with their conviction. Because a person of conviction, let me tell you what, stands out above the crowd. Just different. They're just different. I I don't go there, I don't think that, I don't treat a man that way, I don't treat a woman that way. I don't talk that way, I don't act that way, I don't look that way. I'm convicted. And you might think, oh man, you're old school, you're Pentecostal, you're apostolic. Listen to me, God wants to bring back some of that stuff to us. Can I get an amen on the old folk up in the room, up in here? Or the smart folk up in the room? So they just said, you know, we're not bowing down, and evidently the word spread. And so the music started playing, all of a sudden there's the idol, the music starts playing, everybody starts bowing down, and come on, can you, can you imagine hundreds, thousands of people bowing down, and all of a sudden we got three Hebrews and Daniel over there, and they go on, <laughs> we, we bowing down. Word spread, word spread to the king. The king was furious. Now the king remembers the one who picked them out specifically to be on his Chief of staff, if you will, to be with them, to be trained. He, he spent three years training these guys. <laughs> they were smart. They were wise. They were educated. They had more understanding than everybody. They, 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 the way they handled themselves, the way they talked, it was great. Okay, if they don't eat our food, cool, that's great. No, no big deal. But, but now they're not going to bow down to the idol. Now I got a problem. Now I got a problem. So the king calls them. King calls them. Chapter 3, pick it up in verse 15. King calls them. And the king starts having this conversation with them, and, 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 and he's just not, he, he's ticked, like any high political leader would be. And he says this, but if you do not worship, if you, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, if y'all don't worship, you're going to be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And, come on, we got a challenge going on right now. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. Now hold hold, hold it right here for a minute. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Just keep that up for a second. We don't need to talk to you about this. Listen to me. We already said we are convicted. We are not bowing. We are not worshiping. I don't need to keep going over this and over this and over this. Our convictions are our convictions never to change. Never to change. Never, never to change. Pick it up, verse 17. They say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if that is the case, now we're going to keep this here for a minute because we're going to talk about it. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Don't just keep it right there for a second. I have heard this taught many different ways. And I think that I'm going to bring it to you. I've heard before is the only right way. Because if you read this account, and you're going to read it this week, and you're going to read it several times in chapter 3, because you're going to read it more than once. It seems like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are giving God an out. Where they say, king, we're not bowing. King, we're not going to worship this image. And we don't need to answer you anymore in this, king. And king, if if, if this is the case, if this is the case, our God who we serve, he's able to deliver us from your hand. He's able to deliver us. But then verse 18 is this crazy verse, the way it's said, the way it's read. Read what verse 18 says. But if not, time out, time out. King, if you're going to throw us in the furnace, if that's the case, God's able to deliver us. He's going to deliver us from your hand. But, but if not, but if not, I, I thought you said he was. But if not, let it be known to you, O oh king, we do not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I have heard this preached before that somehow it's a a sign of trust. And I can see that. I, I I believe that there's an element of that there. But I read this a little bit different and maybe you will this week as well. And I don't know who's right, but I think that maybe I am. They're before the king, and the king says, I'm going to give you this last chance. Music's going to play. That's what he says. Music's going to play. There's the idol. You bow down. We all good. We all good. And these brothers say, we don't need to answer you anymore. We already told you. We already told them. We're not bowing down. We're convicted. Verse 17 says, if this is the case, if this is the case, king, that you're going to throw us in the fire, here's what we're telling you. Our God is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand. But if not, not if you don't throw us, listen to me. Not if we get in the fire and God doesn't save us. Not if you throw us in the fire and God doesn't save us. We're not going to, if I'm in the fire and I'm burning, he knows I ain't going to serve your God. I'm burning. I'm burning. That's not what he's saying. I believe what he's saying. is Listen, King, we're people of conviction up here. You know who we are. We're not bowing down to that. You know who we are. We've proved ourselves to you. Our lives are based on the word of God, on our Jewish heritage. And we're giving you one more last out. We're giving you an out. If you don't throw us in the fire... We're telling you still. We're not bowing down to this image. I don't believe these guys are wishy-washy. I don't believe these guys because faith pleases God. And I don't see these guys going on the fire with a wishy-washy faith. They were convicted and they said, God is going to deliver me. That's just the way it's going to be. Now, if you change your mind, king, and you don't throw us in the fire? Cool, we're down with that. But we're telling you right up front, we are still not going to worship that thing. We're not going to do it. Well, the king was furious. The king was furious. And he's he's going to throw him into the fiery furnace. In fact, he heats up the fiery furnace seven times hotter. The scripture says he's, he's just—he's just the Bible says he went to a rage, went crazy. In fact, the people that were stoking up the fire, a couple of the brothers died because the fire got so hot. That's how hot it was. That's how hot it was. But, but these brothers know this. Listen to me. Whatever, whatever you bow to, you worship. Whatever you bow to, you worship. And whatever you worship, you serve. And whatever you serve, listen to me, you become enslaved to. So, what? what listen, whatever, whatever you bow to, you need to. That's what you're worshiping. And whatever you worship, you're going to wind up serving. And whatever you serve is going to wind up enslaving you. That works positively and it works negatively. Listen to me. Your convictions, you need to know this, is that your convictions will isolate you and your convictions will identify you. They'll isolate you. If you don't have anybody at work that hates you, you maybe you're not convicted enough in, in your outspokenness of your Christian faith. If everybody thinks that you're great, in fact, Jesus even said, beware that everybody likes being around you. If there's not a couple of people that are just irritated with you because you're talking about God and, you're, and Jesus and all kinds of stuff. Li- listen, that's the kind of people that are convicted that come out of the fire. Come on, somebody. Let's be this kind of people. Man, so these brothers get thrown into the furnace. It's hot, hot. Listen, not hot, it's hot, hot. Check it out. After they're in there, Daniel chapter 3, verse 24 says this. Then Nebuchadnezzar was startled. He sprang to his feet and he asked his advisors, didn't we throw three men in the fire? Listen, he's a good leader, but he's bad at math. He's still wondering, didn't we throw three in there? That's true, your majesty, they answered. Verse 25 The king replied, but look, I see four men. Come on, somebody yell four men. men. They were untied. They were walking in the middle of the fire and unharmed. And the fourth one, come on, yell it, looks like a son of God. Come on, son of God. Son of God in the fire. Yeah. The fourth man is a Christophany. If you don't know what that is, that's an... A precarnate appearance of the Messiah, Jesus, in the Old Testament, called a Christophany. Listen to me. Jesus in the middle of your fire. Right there. Loose from their bonds, walking. What? can you imagine the conversation Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had with Jesus in the fire? I, 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 I know, listen to me I, I, I know you can hear God on the mountaintop I know that but I think we really hear God in the fire fire where you're convicted this is my line this is, this, this is where I'm drawing the line and it's just amazing you know. I think that all of us would agree I, I don't know I don't want to be put in this situation but we see this with these brothers is that, is that they didn't get delivered from the fire they got delivered through the fire God, deliver me. God says, I got some fire for you. Be convicted. Let your convictions run deep. Let them run deep. Because I know this. Listen to me. A convictionless life will lead to compromise. Yes. If you don't have convictions about what you're going to do, about, about the Bible, about Jesus, about marriage, about, about who you are and your singleness and your sexuality, if you don't have convictions about your money and your time and your future and who, who owns you, if you, if you don't have conviction about that, you'll be swayed and moved by what Hollywood says or Disney says or the friends or the culture says and, and, the, and so many people in the last two and a half years. Again, how did you get blown off course? No lasting conviction. Man. So what are your no's? No's. I won't do this. I won't ever do this. Where, where's your line? Where, where's your line? I won't watch that. I won't do that. I won't entertain that. Man, someone said this, that you can compromise on your preferences, but you can't compromise on your principles. What are your principles in your life? Value your values from the word of God. If you don't have any, it's time to develop some right now. God, what do you value? What do you value for my marriage? I I, 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 I won't be touching him or her because i'm married i won't do that i'm not looking for that i'm not, not looking for a little secret yeah baby right here's my phone I'm, I'm amazed at people who don't let their spouse look at their phone what you got to hide if you got something to hide that's scary that's scary to me because what else have you got what what else is going on convicted, I want to be open to my marriage open before God if there's something that, I, that I've got going on in my life, guess what God's going to do he's going to work with me he's going to work with you because he wants your life to make it to the finish line, doesn't want you to crash and burn and there will be fire but there's a fire that will purify you, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and there's a fire that can burn you that God doesn't want you to be a part of you get to choose by living a life of conviction. So Paul says this in Philippians. He says this in one translation. Continue to work out your salvation. Continue. Is what you do every day. Listen to me, every day, every day, every day you go to the gym. Every day you go to the gym. It's called read the word. It's called prayer. It's when you read the word, the word's gonna read you. Every day, go to the gym. Every day I read it, I go, "Woo, Gary, got some work. I've been reading it, hey, I've been reading it for 42 years now. Still got some work to do. Still got some work. Today I was up early. Today, you know, I I ride my bike, as you all know, during the week a lot. Sunday, I do some uh, cardio and some exercise at the house. I was doing some burpees at the house this morning, sweating it up. Got some some weights, doing some stuff at 6 o'clock. Why? I'm, I'm trying to keep this old man under. I'm trying to make the finish line. I'm trying to be 92 preaching. Come on, somebody. Come on. Right? Right? Come on. Don't get tired of me yet. So what do you to know? I got I to keep working out. Work out this flesh. I got to keep working out this unrenewed mind. That your mind won't stay made up unless you keep making it up. Your bed will not make itself up. You get out in the morning... And I'm going, who slept in this bed? I'm going, look at those sheets. Look at that stuff. It was me. It was me. Got to make it. Got to make my mind up. I'm going to serve you today. Continue to work out your salvation. How? With great fear and trembling. Because my God's an awesome God. Reverential fear of God. Because God is going to energize you so that you will desire and do what always pleases Him. Can somebody say amen? God's going to work in you. God's working in you. Conviction about what we allow in our life. What foods, so to speak, have we begin to eat? And conviction about what we worship with our life. Only God. Not going to worship culture. Not going to worship my nationality. Not going to worship a certain political organization. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I worship only God. I don't care who has a flag wrapped around him. I don't care who says anything. I am going to worship Jesus. And I'm going to work out every day what he's worked in. I'm going to make sure. I'm I'm, going to check my diet out. (laughs) If if I'm acting out a way I don't want to act, evidently I've consumed something. I've consumed something. How come you're so angry? How come you're so negative? How come you're so fearful? How come you're so just unloving? How come you're just hard to be with? Because that's the table you've been sitting at, and that's the food you've been eating. I'm going to push back from that, and I'm going to go to a different table. I'm going to go to the buffet table of peace, love, joy, come on, goodness, the favor of God, the joy of God, the strength of God. I'm going to roll up a chair up in here. I'm going to chow down child him! because what you consume is going to consume you come on everybody in the room bow your head close your eyes would you do it father god let us have the faith the conviction of these three hebrews father god give us strong persuasion and a firm seriously held belief oh god we ask you today that you would speak to us about what is forbidden in our own lives. I ask you today that if we have eaten things that we shouldn't be eating, that today would be a day that you remove those things and we remove them from our own lives. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, about each of these things. Father, For sitting at tables that you haven't organized and desired us to sit in, we ask you today that we just have the strength of the Spirit pull back from that table every young person, every adult in the room everything that's gone on in their own lives where it looks like things will always be this way you're the one, Psalm 23 says, you set a table before us in the presence of our enemies, bring another table O God set us at a new place let conviction of your word and your spirit run deep in our hearts O God Father, I pray that faith would rise in all of our lives and we would work out this great salvation that you worked in, that we would cultivate it. We'd pray, we'd bathe ourselves in it, oh God. Oh Lord God, give great encouragement to every person today that's in the room. Every young believer, every young adult that's waging this warfare that's just constant with our young people. Father, we pray, strength of spirit, in their lives like never before. We pray their minds will be made up. Conviction will run deep in their soul, O oh God. And they they will be like Shadrach, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they will stand up and stand out from culture. Father Lord, we pray. Come on, all over the room with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Give everyone the right to privacy. Maybe you've been with us before, maybe this first time with us in the room. We always want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. If you're here and you've never done that, or maybe you're, you're, you give your heart to God, but then you left and did your own thing, God wants you to come home today. The Father's here for you. All over the room, we're going to pray a prayer out loud. You won't be by yourself. We're all going to pray together but just by an act of your will right there. If you say, Pastor Gary, that's me. I don't know Jesus or I want to know him today. I want to come back to, to the home, the house of God. All over the room, when I count to three, just lift your hand and say, include me in that prayer. We're going to pray for you specifically as we do in just the next couple moments. Come on, all over the room, when I count to three, you want to be included in that prayer, just lift your hand. Come on, one, two, three, lift your hand. You Say, that's me. Awesome, thanks for your hands. See three hands back there. Awesome, thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Awesome. Any more? Going to look one more time? Anybody else? Praise God. Cool. You three that raised your hand, you prayed this out loud. We're going to pray too, but you mean it in your heart. That means just mix faith with it right there where you're at. Everybody say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead be my lord be my savior forever and ever i repent i change my mind i change my direction fill me with the holy spirit and i'll never be the same in jesus name amen come on can we stand up and just make a big clap that's what we do here come on we shout unto the lord we just give a big clap heaven's rejoicing this morning come on somebody three people come on church